When we talk about the fear of the Lord, we are not just talking about reverence. We are talking about reverence. But we are also talking about godly fear. When we talk about reverence, we, uh, we revere Him. We honor Him. We worship Him as Lord and Savior. When we talk about godly fear, we acknowledge Him as Creator and Judge of all things. Now, automatically in our minds as humans, we only want to talk about the revere thing. We don't want to talk about the judgment thing. We don't want to talk about accountability to God. But I will tell you this. The Bible teaches us that the prerequisite for both knowledge and wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Proverbs 1.7 tells us the beginning, the beginning of knowledge is to fear the Lord. Proverbs 9.10 tells us the beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord. Fearing the Lord is fundamental to the believer. But now let me just talk to you a minute about the fading of the fear of God. Our country does not fear God. Our country does not fear God. It's not a political statement. I do detest the politics. I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about our country as a nation, as a whole, that was founded under the principles of God. They were founded under the Judaic principles in the Bible. We don't fear God. But what's more disturbing than that is that the church is beginning to fade from fearing God. Now I'm going to make a statement. and I want you to pay close attention to this statement. Everyone, everyone in the scripture that encountered God feared Him. And they feared Him greatly. I'm going to repeat that. Everyone in the scriptures that feared, or that encountered God feared Him greatly. Without, without fail. Moses had to put a veil over his face. He could only hide his face in the cleft of the rock as, Jesus, uh, as God's glory passed by. Moses, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. Yet, it is, stands to reason if we do not fear God, then perhaps we're not encountering God. We're not encountering God. Let me give you an example. We talk about the reverence of God. We just, we just sang some pretty incredible songs. Songs about the mercy of God. Songs about what He has done for us. And sometimes when we come in to sing, we got so many things on our mind, we're no more worshiping the Lord than anything. We're thinking about the buffet. We're thinking about the game. We're thinking about all these things, and we're not even respecting, revering God. How can we encounter God even in our church if we're not revering Him as God? Do you know that there is a church, and Brother Bryce is good at searching social media and sending me all this stuff, and I just don't even know how to respond half the time. But there's a church, and it was a mega church, and they had people dressed up as trolls. You know the movie Trolls? They had them dressed up as trolls, and they come out dancing on the stage. It's funny, isn't it? I mean, it's funny. And if you want trolls, there's something warped. You're grown adults. It's a movie. It's make-believe. 
And it has no place in the house of God. You say, well, preacher, we're not doing that. I know. I'm just making an illustration. I'm making it passionately. But let me tell you something else. We're so entertainment driven. We can't sit one hour in the house of God without our phones on. I haven't been to a funeral and I don't know how long at least one phone goes off. Well, we forget. No, that's a cop out. We can't take one hour away. Many church services, the phones go off. But we, ha- we have to have that phone on. We, are, we have lost sight of what it means to revere God. Do you understand when they saw the resurrected Christ, those who saw him fell at his feet as though, John said, fell at his feet as though he were dead. They were instantly and forever changed. We're not encountering God. We don't have time for God. Give me a 30-minute message. Let me sing a little bit. Let's take up an offering and let me go about my business. That right there is the antithesis of fearing God. Our churches are entertainment driven. We have to have the next biggest thing. One of the great stories I love to hear, one of the songs that was written, it was a church in England, it was a mega church. They had cutting edge technology. They had the best praise band that money could buy. And they were worshiping and they were singing and all of a sudden the pastor got under conviction. He stood up and he stopped and he said, from this day forward I'm banning all music in our church. There will be no music in our church until we learn to worship. And out of that season a man wrote the song, when the music fades and all is stripped away, I simply come to you. You see, we have lost sight of why we do this church. We've lost sight of a holy God. We've lost sight that it's not about me, it's about Him. And when it's about me, it's got to be about entertainment. We have to tickle the ears. We have to be sensational. We have to have all this stuff. And you don't need that. We need God. Church has become a big joke. It's become self-centered. We no longer bow before Him at the altar. Someone might, if I go to the altar, someone might think something's wrong with my life. There is something wrong with our lives. We need God. We've chosen the things of men rather than the things of God. We don't even encounter Him in our churches. We do not encounter God in our churches. We ought to come here expecting to meet with God. But we don't encounter Him because our minds are so far off away from Him. And people will tell me, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't know what you're going through. But I can tell you this. Whatever you're going through, you need Him. You need Him. And when someone does, one church does have an encounter with God, everybody is suspect. They're weird over there. Things are happening. That's weird. They're weird over there. We don't want to talk about what they're doing. They, they raised their hand. We're suffering, church, because we've lost sight of the fear of God. Not only that reverential respect of God, but the accountability to God. People are... Do you understand that churches that once stood for God and for His Word are now bringing things in that the the Word of God says is an abomination? That the Word of God says shouldn't be named amongst one of you? 
We're suffering, church, because we no longer fear God. We're suffering because we're not in terror of our God. We're not in terror of our God. You know what happened to Israel? They constantly struggled with idolatry. And the reason they struggled with idolatry was they had forgotten the sheer terror of the Lord. Can you imagine when the, the sea was parted and the Egyptian army got halfway in and the seas closed over them? Do you think that the, Israel, the Israelites feared God? You better believe they feared God. You better believe they feared God. So how do we get this right? How do we get this right? How do we make sure that we're fearing God? How do we get back on track to the fear of the Lord? Well, first thing we got to do is have an honest assessment of our lives. An honest assessment of our lives. we got to stop trying to fool ourselves and fool God and come clean with God and God show me where I've lost my fear. Show me, in fact, if I do fear you. And then secondly, I think we need to have a surrender to God for who He is. Look at verse 17 in 1 Peter chapter 1. And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Let me tell you. Let me just say this. The scripture is clear here. The same God that you call on and ask Him to help you is the same God that you are accountable to. And when you and I realize this, that I am not my own, I have been purchased with the blood of Christ, I'm no longer in control of my life, I no longer have the right to say what I want to do, then I have to surrender to God for who He is. He is God Almighty. He's not the big guy upstairs. He's not J.C. He is God God of glory. And until we surrender to God for who He is, we will never have the fear of God on our lives. So we have an honest assessment of our lives. We surrender to God for who He is. Number three, we acknowledge what He has done. Look at verse 18. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Do you understand that we should revere Him as God because of what He's done for us? There is no one on this face of this earth that could do for you what God has done for you through the death and burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It didn't just cost Him something it cost him everything he shed his blood the precious blood of Jesus and we have been redeemed and because we are redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus we can and should fear God not only that but he's given us hope notice what he says in verse number 20 he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest or revealed in these last times. He loved you so much He revealed you. Just simply revealing Himself to you should cause us to fear Him. Because if we're going to know Him, it can only come by His revealing Himself to us. 
Verse 21, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory. Listen, so that for the purpose that your faith and hope are in God. You should fear him because our faith and our hope is in God. Not in anything else. Not anything I can do to keep myself saved. Hot rubbish. I can't do a thing to keep myself saved. I can't do a thing to save myself. That's why I need Jesus. So we have to acknowledge that he has done this. And because he has done this, then I will fear him. Number four. I think we need to seek daily encounters with God through his word, prayer, and through other believers. Listen to me. Church, please hear me. I always hated when people do that until I had to do it. Um, That's the way the Lord works, isn't it? Listen to me. Why is it that most people only earnestly seek God when trouble comes in their lives? I'll tell you why. It's because they don't have the fear of God in their lives. Could it be that if we had the fear of God on our lives, we wouldn't have to wait until trouble comes? We would seek Him daily. We would encounter Him daily. Can I ask you a question? And don't raise your hand. Just think in your mind. You know the Bible says there are six things that God hates. I wonder how many of us in here can name all six of those things. Yea, seven is an abomination. Six things that God hates. How many of us even know what God likes or dislikes? How are we going to know what God likes or dislikes? How are we going to know how to revere Him? How are we going to know how to, to have a godly fear of Him, a terror? How, how are we going to know that? Well, you know that from the Word of God. And incidentally, there's a psalm that says that the fear of God will increase our faith. And it will also increase our obedience. Now let me give you an illustration. One time when I was in school, I got in trouble. One time. No, many times. I was wrong. I don't even remember what I did. But I had to bring a note home to my dad. We didn't have email. We didn't have all that stuff. You had to bring the letter home. The walk of shame. Hand the letter to your dad. Your dad had to sign the letter, and you had to take it back to school. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? I was like, dude, just paddle me. Just paddle me right here and now, and we'll be good. But no, I have to take the letter home. And I will tell you this. I feared my dad more than I did the principal. My dad never beat me, but he disciplined me. And I grew up with a reverence. I never called my dad the old man. I have never called my dad the old man. And are you listening to me? If your dad's still here, this is a sidebar. I had a a respect for him. But I also feared him. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can remember that night I stayed in the bathroom acting like I was sick. When he came home from work, I was like, you know. I don't even know what happened. I know I was guilty. I'll tell you that. I was never disciplined for being innocent. I'll tell you that. But you get my illustration. There's two parts. I respect my dad, but I also feared my dad. Now, my older brother, when he was about 14, he'd he'd take my dad on. And he just laughed around with my dad and whopped him in the jaw. And my dad said, in the garage. And 
Frankie learned, and my brother was a, a fighter. He was a good wrestler, state, went to state wrestling. But he was no match for dad. <laughs> and he learned to fear dad. It was all good until that little finger came out. When that finger came out, you're in trouble. Y'all know what I'm talking about the ones cut off? This one, you're good. When the little one came out, you're in trouble. And it's true. It's funny because it's true. My siblings were here. They say, amen. But my point I want to make is I respect him, but I fear him. Guys, listen. We need to revere God, but we also need to fear him. And fear him with a godly fear that if I do this thing, I'm accountable unto him. I listened to John MacArthur one time in a, in a session, and someone asked him a question about all the pastors who were falling into infidelity. And he gave the most wonderful answer I've ever heard. He said, well, I will answer in three ways. Number one, he said, I would never want to do that to my God. I would never want to do that to my God. All that he's done for me and for who he is, I would never want to do that to him. Secondly, he said, I would never want to do that to my wife. And lastly, he said, I would never want to do that to my church. It was the fear of God that, keep, that kept him that mentality of being accountable unto God. When you lose the fear of God, you begin to become proud and you begin to do things and you're susceptible to the fall. When, when you have a thousand people and, or two thousand people and you start to believe the things that people say about you, your head swells up, you become proud, prideful and you're setting yourself up for a fall. And when you set yourself up for a fall, when you cross over from humility to pride, you have already forgotten the fear of God and you are in danger. I don't care how much scripture you know. You see, here's the thing. The devil doesn't want you to fear God because he wants to destroy you. He doesn't want you to be accountable to God. He wants you to come in here casual. He wants you to come in here, no big deal, church nothing, message, you know, 30 minutes, we're out of here. We can beat the other crowd to the restaurant. He wants you to do that because he wants to destroy you. He doesn't want you fearing God because he knows if you fear God, it's going to change you. It's going to change you and it's going to change other people. So he wants to destroy you. He wants to bring you down. He wants to take you out. But I want to show you what happens when you fear God. Would you go to the Testament book of Exodus with me? It's easiest to go to Genesis and take, Genesis and take a right turn there. And Exodus chapter 1. Exodus chapter 1 and verse 15. I want to read this and then I'll tell you this story. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shipra, and the name of the other Pua. Where they get these names, I have no idea. And he said, When you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him, but if it's a daughter, then she shall live. Now notice the next phrase. But the midwives, what? Feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, before they are lively and give birth, before the midwives come to them. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives... And the people multiplied and grew very mightily. Now listen to this. 
And so it was because the midwives feared God that he provided households for them. Here's what happens when you fear God. When you fear God, you will choose God over man. When you fear God, you will choose God's way over over man's way. You think it's something insignificant, but it's altogether the most important thing. The whole reason these women, these midwives, would not kill the babies was because they feared God. It motivated their behavior. It kept them accountable to God. They would rather face the king than they would face God. That, my friends, is the result of fearing God. Fearing God will drive you to absolute obedience. And secondly, the fear of God will reward you. Look what happens, verse 20. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives. He blessed them. He had His hand on them. He dealt well with them. And guess what else happened to them? He provided households for them. He took care of them. And God will do the same for us when we fear Him. When we fear Him. You will choose God over man. You will consider God in everything. Every decision you have to make, you will consider what God thinks and what His Word says. You'll fear. If I fear God, I want to be careful to do things the way that God wants them done. That's simple. But yet, here we are, the church of the 21st century. We're innovative. We have more gadgets and gizmos. And yet, the early church had nothing. And they turned the world upside down because they feared God. They feared God. You know, Ecclesiastes 12, 13 says this. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is man's all. This is man's all. Fear God and keep His commandments. That's the whole duty. Now, we're not just talking about somebody who didn't know what they were talking about. We're talking about Solomon who wrote Ecclesiastes toward the end of his life after he had made a mess out of it, chasing fame and fortune and women and trying everything. And he came and he said, Vanity of vanities, it's all vanity. And he gets to the end of the book and he says, The whole conclusion, you want to know the whole conclusion of your life? You want to know what matters in your life? I'll tell you what matters. What matters in your life is that you fear God and you keep His commandments. Why? Because you're going to leave this earth one day and you're going to stand before Him. And all the other garbage is not going to matter. It will not matter. It will not, God's not going to say, wow, man, you, you had 38 in your Sunday school class back in 2012. And because you did, you had 38 people in there. Woo, come on in. I got a place for you. Live it up over here. No. No. I'm asking you, church, and this message has weighed on my heart. If you would look in my little book here, I keep all my notes that you probably can't read nor understand but I I have two two different sermons on this written last night and this morning 
because a conviction so heavily upon me, guys, so heavily upon me that we as Christians have forsaken the fear of God. We have forsaken it. Can you honestly say that you have the fear of the Lord in your life? You know what Peter said, and I read over it and didn't highlight it because I wanted to end at the end, but he says this, listen, in verse 17. And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, now listen, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Peter is clear to let us know that our stay here is temporal. Our stay on this earth is temporal. That when our stay on this earth is over, that we will face God. We will see Him. And I don't know about you, but I want to face Him having feared Him. Not just revering Him, but a godly terror of fear where I do what He says because I don't want to face the results of not doing what He says. Can you honestly say that you conduct yourself in reverence and godly fear to the Lord? If you can't, then my question to you is what are you willing to do about it? Will you confess and repent? Or are we going to play church? Listen, this matter is important. Peter puts it up there with us being holy. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. 365 times we are told, fear not. Fear not. It's one of the most often quoted commands in Scripture, if not the most. Fear God is told to His people and His believers. We are instructed, we are commanded to fear God. Church, I think we need to return to the fear of the Lord. Our praise team works hard. Whether you think they do or not, they work hard at leading us in worship. We need to revere the Lord, and we need to participate, and we need to worship the Lord. When Brother Bryce stands up here to read the Scripture, he has to talk for five minutes for everybody to sit down and quit talking. You think, well, that's not, we're here. Listen, I, you can get mad at me if you want to. That, this is God's hour. Come early if you want to talk. Stay later if you want to talk. It's God's hour. We stand and read the Word of God. We shouldn't be haphazardly doing it. It's the Word of God. The flower and the grass is going to fade, but the Word of our God shall stand forever. Forever. Let's get our reverence back for God. Let's get our reverence back for Him. Let's come in here with a zeal and a zest. Let's sing and let's see God. And listen, you may have the worst week of the world you have, but I can tell you, if you come in here and you just are in a bad mood and all that, it's not going to help you one bit. I can tell you this, in all my years of worrying, and there have been many, and there have been multiple, and they have been recent, and I will tell you this, it has not helped me one bit. It's made it worse. We need to return to the fear of God. And I'm asking you, church, I need... I had to confess and repent, and I need to confess and repent again. And I'm asking you, will you join me? Let's get our fear back. Let's get our fear back.
Shall we pray? Father, we love you. God, move in this invitation. Break our pride.